0: strong enough, that's, that's what you want to do. You want us to come to you and to just be free. Um, so God, we thank you and we love you. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Adam. Welcome everybody online. Uh, I've decided this morning that I hate doing online only, um, but I have also thought about it. You guys are definitely my favorite crowd because um, I can't see you fall asleep. I can't see you get up and walk around and do all of those things, and I'm just kidding. I'm just telling you that to make you feel good. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, welcome to Lighthouse Christian Church. If you are tuning in this morning, uh, we are grateful to have you here today. And my iPad's not opening. There it went. <clears throat> we are glad to have you tuning in with us today online. Um, it's weird seeing the church decorated uh, can you zoom out real quick, Gavin, and show everyone the church and what it's looking like so far? Uh, the ladies really have done a great job at getting the church ready for uh, Christmas this year, and yet the building is completely empty, and it's odd, and I can't say that I love it, uh, but this is, gratefully, the last week of quarantine. Uh, we, were gonna, we're, we will go back to uh, church as usual next week. Um, we have been prepared for more lockdowns, more shutdowns, whatever you want to call them. Uh, our church has been prepared since day one to uh, knock this thing out because all of our leadership and myself and the church we have come together in unity to figure out what to do. Uh, when you walk in unity, it works a lot easier to make a plan. Um, like I said, this is the last week of quarantine. I wish it was the last week of covid. Um, Unfortunately, it's our new normal for the rest of 2020, I think. Uh, be prepared. She, may uh, she as our governor uh, here in Oregon, they may try to lock us down longer than the two-week period that they're suggesting. Um, I won't be surprised if they do. I hope not. But I am grateful to have everyone tuning in this morning. If you're tuning in and it's 11 or 12 o'clock now because you waited and it's been recorded, well, we're glad that you finally got to jump on and watch it as well. Uh, Next Sunday, uh, our lights uh, will be up on the building. We're hoping that that's finished. Uh, The rain last week kind of set us back. There were some storms across back east that actually didn't allow our lights to come in at the right time, but I can tell you that uh, we're going to work hard this week to get those lights up on the building. Uh, That way, next Sunday at 6 p.m., you can invite a friend Uh, Let's bring as many folks as we can and spread out around the church and let's light our building up. Uh, Let's make it a communal event. Let's get excited for the new year, get excited for Christmas. Um, This is going to be a very exciting time and a joyful time for family. I'm looking forward to my Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the fact that none of our kids are coming this year, but we are blessed to know that. our mother-in-law and sister-in-law are going to have Thanksgiving with us for the first time in many, many years. Uh, we also have invited some uh, younger—I uh, would—I'll say kids. They're in their twenties, but we invited some kids from the um, the community to come and have Thanksgiving with us this year. They didn't have anywhere to go, so we invited them to our house. I hope that you guys are doing something similar to where you're just blessing someone. Uh, this is our last week for Open Hands. This is, it was a quick two-week series. Uh, it's been uh, eye-opening and eye-popping for me. And we're doing this series as we get ready to kick off the Big Give next week. So please be praying about that. Uh, the, the Big Give is something that we, we do outside of the church. This is something we're going to raise money for to bless someone or something outside of the church. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Uh, we will mention it next week. But be prepared. Start preparing your heart now uh, to how it is you want to bless this organization uh, with your gift. And again, this is above and beyond your tithe. So this morning, as I said, we're wrapping up open hands. Please join us next week as we talk about a Christmas tradition. Uh, I think we need to have tradition in our life right now, something that has some kind of normality. So next week, on the 29th, we're going to talk about uh, Christmas songs that we all know and we all love. Uh, Songs that we grew up with. Uh, Many of you have heard Joy to the World, O Emmanuel, and Silent Night. And we're going to go through those for six weeks. And on Christmas Eve, we're going to talk about two final ones as we uh, worship together on Christmas Eve night. But anyway, this morning I want to talk to you about blessings. I want to talk to you about blessings and generosity. What it means to be a generous person. What it means to bless others. I don't think there's any better time than right now, than to be able to bless people that are in need. If you think about everything that's going on here, the service industry over here in Clatsop County is just about everything in this town. Everything in our county has to do with service. Uh, we have hotels and restaurants and Arcades and pizza places and bowling alleys, and everyone works in the service industry. And they're hurting right now because they've been shut down. It's unfortunate. I'm sorry that you're going through that. Uh, But we are praying for our community right now, indeed. But I can tell you right now to have this irrational generosity as we go out into our communities actually allows us to have God's light shine brighter than ever. You know, it's a dark time that we live in. 2020 is probably the darkest year I've ever lived in. Uh, Minus the year, there's two other years for me that were pretty dark. Uh, One of them was the year I lost my sister, and the other one was the year I lost my son. Those were tough years for me. But 2020 is right up there. It's a pretty dark year, and I think for us to come together as Christians, our light can shine brighter than it ever has in the United States. Thank you, Dutch, for my coffee this morning. (laughs) How many of you have ever given a dollar? You just gave a dollar to someone. You're like, here, that's all I got. I got a buck. Here's a dollar. And then as you were giving that dollar, you thought about, wow, that's not very much money. I wish I could have gave them more. It's not much. But what I want to talk about, though, is when you do give a dollar, when we follow Jesus, he redefines what a little is. He redefines what a lot is. And I know that when we come together as a church and we're giving a little, and a lot of people give a little, it turns into a whole lot. And it's a lot of fun when we're able to do that, and we can watch God work through that. I, I love Dave Ramsey. We, we took his classes last year right about this time, actually. So Andre, Monica, I know you're coming home this week. If you guys want to do another uh, Dave Ramsey class, we're all for it. Uh, There's some folks in the church I just know would go through it. Uh, Heck, I might even do it again myself. But Dave Ramsey, uh, he helps people get out of debt. He helps people become extravagant, irrational givers. And I love how he does it. He teaches people to prioritize giving. Giving. How to give differently. One of my favorite stories that Dave Ramsey tells is uh, he takes his whole family. I'm talking kids and grandkids and brothers and sisters. I don't know how many people. He takes them all to Italy. This guy, he's a multi multi millionaire, and he takes his whole family to Italy. Thousands, beyond thousands of dollars to do this. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think he said it was like hundred thirty thousand dollars or something to take his whole family. But it was a a once-in-a-lifetime deal, and he did it. Well, when they got back, he found out that there was a bicycle drive in, I believe it was Atlanta, down in the uh, urban setting of Atlanta, Georgia. And this gentleman said, you know what? I'm going to buy a bicycle for every kid in that community. And what he did is he loaded up two diesel loads of bicycles for every child. But what he also did is he had every family member that he took to Italy go down there and help give them out. It took them three days to give out bicycles. There were so many. But what I loved about it was, afterwards, that guy that bought the bicycles asked his grandkids, hey, which was more fun? Was the trip to Italy more fun, or was it going and giving out the bicycles? And every one of them said, giving out the bicycles was a much much better time. And it actually cost less. It was $77,000 worth of bicycles and $130,000 to go on that vacation. Those kids were blessed. That family that gave out the bicycles were extremely blessed. And you might be thinking, well, Daniel, you just said they were blessed. Not the kids that got the bicycles. Well, yeah, of course the kids with the bicycles were blessed. But the family that gave, they were blessed beyond all measure. When we give, it does something in our hearts and in our minds, and this dopamine overdrive that everybody's out there searching for, watching TV, or drugs, or video games, and drinking, and buying things. We all are seeking dopamine in our brain to help us make us feel better. But honestly, the one thing that really overcharges your brain is giving. And that's why I want to talk about it more and more so much in our church I'm not trying to make our church rich and dip into everybody's pockets. That's not what this is at all. But I want our church right here in Clatsop County to lead the way with irrational giving. What it really means to be generous, to truly believe as we walk outside the doors of this church, everywhere we go and everything that we do, we will believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive to walk around with open hands so that as God is blessing us, we're blessing others. Always. It's always flowing. How many of you know out there at home, you can raise your hand with your family so that way your family can see you participate. How many of you know that it's not a normal thing to do to just give everything away? It's not normal for us to just give a lot. And be generous. Do you realize that everyone gives? Everyone has some way of giving. But it is also true that not everyone is generous. Not everybody carries the identity of generosity with them. Just because you give, it does not mean that you are a generous person. I know people that give things away all the time. I know businesses that give because of a tax break that's not generous if you are giving to not have to pay the government hey i appreciate it go give it to someone that can use the money so you don't have to give it to the government i'm all for that but that does not make you a generous person giving and being generous are two different things last week we talked about the scarcity cycle we talked about it the week before that we are consumers especially in the united states any westernized civilization are consumers we consume and consume and consume and then we lack and then we become afraid so we go back to the store so we can consume more but abundance means to give and multiply god will multiply the more that you give he multiplies that our faith grows and then what happens when your faith grows you want to give more and give more This morning, I want to talk about what it means to be an abundant giver. Last week, we really hit on what it meant to be living in the scarcity mindset. When we are an abundant giver, the first thing is we give spontaneously. How many of you have ever been driving in your car or going down the road, and you saw someone that might have been in need, and you just handed them five bucks or two dollars, or you gave them a burrito because you just went through the line at Taco Bell, or something like that. You gave spontaneously that's only in a small form but many of us actually give spontaneous when there's like an earthquake or tornadoes or there's someone in need right away we got to bless those people in need I love my family they just did this one of my boys he's in, he's in college right now and he's struggling to pay his rent and so the family rallied around him to make sure his rent's going to get paid it wasn't just like hey dad I need help you know, I can't afford to just pay another person's rent living in Southern California. It's a little steep, right? So, luckily, I have other kids that are working now. I have uh, my his grandparents and and uh, sisters and siblings, and they all rallied together to help make sure he's taken care of. But what I love is there's a story in Scripture where the most unlikely person helps another person. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. Many of you know it. Many of you have read the story or you've heard the story. If you've only heard it and never read it, please open your Bible and and read for yourself this story out of Luke 10. This, This guy's walking down the road and a few robbers decide to beat him up, throw him down, take everything from him, leave him abandoned, bruised, beaten, probably naked, has nothing left. And what's sad about the story is who walks by this man first? To see a priest of all people walk by someone in so much of a, an array that where they need desperate help and a priest walks by him on the other side of the road and doesn't want anything to do with him. And this man that walks by that's a Samaritan is from a different tribe than this guy and he wants nothing to do they have like there's like a feud really but the samaritan sees his need and he meets it and he bandages his wounds and he takes out oil and wine and he bathes him in it and cleans him up and he takes him to a hotel to give this man a good night's sleep and takes care of him and i love what it says in luke 10:35 it says the next day he took out 2 denarii And he gave them to the innkeeper, the guy that's running the hotel. He pays for this man's hotel stay and food. And he says, look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. How many of you have ever gone out of your way to not just help someone once or twice, but to put them up, clothe them, bathe them, give them everything that they need, make sure they have a warm place to stay, leave, come back and go, hey, how much do I owe you for this man's stay? It could have been weeks, months, who knows? But he took care of the man. He reached in and he gave sacrificiously, but he gave spontaneously. He just saw the man and he just gave right there. I had a guy in uh, one of the first churches that I served in, He increased his giving. He challenged himself to increase his giving by 50%. He was giving 10%. He upped it to 50% of his income. And he was giving it for a very specific reason, and it was spontaneous. What happened was we had someone come into the church. A young lady needed money for her husband. They just had a baby. Her husband needed uh, blood transfusions. Her husband was going to die. There was no way this couple could afford it. They didn't have insurance coming in yet. You know, he worked a small job. He worked hard. She was an at-home stay-at-home mom. And she was telling her story at the church. And this man said, I'm going to up my giving from 10% to 50% because I want to make sure that that young lady and that young man had everything that they need covered. It was spontaneous, just like that. He gave, just like that. But what's crazy is when we think about it, This is the only way people usually give. This is the number one way people in the United States of America, even Christians, give. Like I said last week, only 20% of Christians actually tithe. So if there's 100 people in our church, that means 20% of them tithe. I'm not saying only 20% give, only 20% give 10% or more. That's sad to me. But this is a very limited way for us to give spontaneous giving is great and it usually meets the need of a lot of people it's fantastic when we give spontaneous we're about to give spontaneous and we're going to start next week with the big give but this will lead me into the second thing that i want to talk about this morning is we should give strategically every christian should plan to give strategically if you're out there and you wish that you could give more you just can't figure out how Well, you can if you plan for it. You actually have to plan to give. Like I said in the beginning, everyone has a giving plan. Sometimes your plan just isn't very good at all. And we need to have a plan. Usually people only give when they can, and usually that means they don't. Because a lot of people will get out there, they get caught up in the world, they go shopping, they go grocery shopping, they pay for gas, the bills catch up, and then they're like, where did all the money go? That's why I love Dave Ramsey. He teaches you a way to be able to give and plan. But why do we give? Jesus gave. Jesus gave. He said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar. Pay your taxes. But he also said, give God what is God. And God should have your first fruit. It starts with the tithe. I will give God my best and my first. If you give him the first, it is the best because it's right off the top. How many of you get an ice cream, those soft serve ice creams, and it's the very top? That's the best bite. Like it's the first bite and it's the best bite. I love that because when you get to the bottom and then it's gone and you're like, well, wish I had more of that. But the first bite, it's always the best. Isaiah 32.8 tells us this. But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Most people plan to consume in the United States. Oh, I can't wait to get my paycheck Friday because I want to go get that new phone. I can't wait to get my paycheck on Friday because I want to go get that new TV, or I got to get some new clothes, or some new shoes, or I got to get that thing. We plan on what we're going to spend our money on already, so why not plan to give? So many times we plan on, yeah, I've been saving up, I've been saving up and saving up to get that new tech thing. Shoes, gadget. Man, how many people go get a brand new phone and they can't afford a brand new phone and they get it on a payment plan? I'm not telling you don't, but I'm warning you, don't. Because <laughs> then you're in it for like two years at like $40 a month when it's just a simple phone will do the job. You guys, Christians should not be spiritual consumers. Now, biblical consumers, yes, we should be swallowing and devouring this thing. 100%. But we should be spiritual contributors, not consumers. I'm guilty just as the rest. I like new things. We all do. But I want to challenge you to increase your giving this year by a percentage even if it's only at one percent especially going through 2020 it's been a hard year it's not easy to give but when you set a goal it makes it a lot easier even i have a giving plan our giving plan is the moment we get paid i take out my phone i turn on the tithely app i type in my password and it says do you want to give yes how much? I type in how much, it's 10%. My wife and I, we want to lead the way. We give 10% off of our gross income. Before we pay taxes, before we pay any Social Security or anybody else, we give God our first fruits. It's not fair for me to go, well, God, you could pay my taxes and then I'll pay you. No, first fruits. And I'm not telling anybody how to give. I'm just saying, hey, my wife and I, or we're not going to stand up here and preach generosity or preach tithing if I'm not one to do it myself. I have a goal this year, 2021, as soon as it gets here. My new word for this year is going to be to give. I want to outgive what I did this last year. I want to give more than I've ever given before way more than I've ever done before. But the only way I can do that is if I do it strategically, if I plan for it. Generous people plan to be generous. It's not just out of spontaneous giving. They plan to be generous. It is good to give spontaneous, but to really give spontaneously, you got to plan. And it should start with your tithes. Lastly we want to give sacrificiously. I hope I said that right. Sacrificiously. One of those words. Mark 12:41 through 44 says this. Jesus sat down the opposite place where the offering were or the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. So all of you folks out there in the church world, all of you folks out there in all the churches in all the world that says you're a preacher and the elders and you shouldn't be able to see what goes in. Now, I'm, I don't go pay attention to it, but I know when someone gives for the first time because I want to thank them. But even Jesus watched what was being given because He had to know how to pray for people. He had to know how their hearts are changing this is a part of discipleship. Stewardship is very important to discipleship because then God knows where your heart really is. And as Jesus watched on, it says, Many rich, rich people threw in a large amount of money, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others they all gave out of their wealth but she out of her poverty she put in everything as she had to live on but what's crazy if you notice Jesus did not stop her from giving that's why we always give at this church we always talk about giving at this church I would never stop someone from worshiping God through giving ever I've been to churches where they refuse to take an offering. They won't talk about it. They don't pray about it. They'll put a little box in the back and that's it. We are not going to deny people the ability to give. If we have new people that come to the church, I'm not going to go, hey, welcome to my house. If you're new here, you don't have to give. I would never say that. Why would I stop them from being able to give? And blessing, that's a blessing that they get to give. Never stop someone from giving a blessing. This lady's faith was all in. She gave everything to Jesus. And I'm not here telling you guys you should sell your house right now, sell your cars, and write a check to the church. Now, if you feel led to do that, go ahead. But I hope you planned it strategically. Okay? Plan these things. You can give sacrificiously when you plan it. You can give spontaneously when you plan it. When you plan and you give, give sincerely. Give out of joy, knowing that you are giving what God has already provided you, and you can give with a smile on your face. God wants us to be blessed as we give. I'm not going to stand up here and preach that God's going to bless you ten times fold. If you give, you're going to get all this wealth and you're going to get all this health. No, you're going to get a blessing right here in your heart and in your mind as He keeps reshaping you and says, look, this world is not of what is important. He is. Our treasure's in heaven, not earth. I don't give. A tithe every month so God multiplies it. I don't give so God says, hey, you know, if you give 10% today and it's $1,000, I'm going to give you $10,000. No. That's not why we give. We give because we know that money, if we hold on to it, we fall into that, that cancer of hoarding. And we never could have enough. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to have to hold on to what the world offers. If you don't give to your local church, maybe you should look for a different local church. If you can't trust the vision of the church and the direction of the church and the integrity of the church, don't give! But if you do trust your local church, Lighthouse Church, or if you just stumbled upon this church and you have another local church, give to it because it empowers the church to do way more in the community than just a little bit. I told you this is what we do. We give here. We give spontaneously. We give strategically. We give sacrificiously because we have open hands. But let me tell you what we don't do. We don't pass an offering plate and demand people to give. I'm not going to do that. I won't tell anybody to give. That is between you and God. It is your heart that's changing. It is hopefully God breaking your heart for what breaks His. He's the one that says, hey, when you give, you'll be blessed. When you hold on to it, you're going to rot. You're allowing the world to hold on to you. That's up to you. You guys, we do give strategically and spontaneously. I have never asked anybody in this church to give for my own benefit. I will never ask anybody to give in this church for my own benefit, ever. Even I will always model giving way before taking. When we give, we do it to help others. The vision of this church and the direction of this church is not to continue to grow the building as big as we can make it. It is to stuff this building so full of new believers, we have to build a new building. That's what this is all about. New believers. Helping the community. Growing in their faith and in our faith together. That's why we do the big give every year. It's to bless the community. So that way those people in the community go, why did the church do that? It's because they got to see what the church is really here for. What we're really here for. We're not here to be an inclusive country club group of people. No. We don't give because we're now members of the church. I'm a member of that church and I give. It's not the country club. We're members here to be a part of the family to serve together. Not so we can give and tell each other what to do and how we want the building to be painted and how the carpet should look. This is not a country club. This is God's house. Guys, we give open hands. It comes in, it goes right back out. I pray that Eva and I will model that always. If we don't, we'll call us out. Call us out. Our books are always open. Anybody needs to see What's coming in, or you need to find out whether or not even I give the way that we say we give, you can go look for yourself because we do live with high integrity here. I will do my best to inspire you to give, to be irrational givers, because I do know that when you give, it does something to you from the inside out. With God's help, our leadership here will wisely, prayerfully, as good stewards, we will do whatever we can to give to the community, to make sure the bills are paid, and to make sure this church is constantly growing. And that there's people going in that baptistry, or in the ocean, or in the lake, or in the rivers being baptized as they give their lives over to the Lord. But our goal is to meet the needs of our community, to empower our church to reach the lost. More than ever, is that important? that's why we can't close online worship is real worship now because we cannot close we have got to be there for the lost and for the least I remember when Eva and I bought our first house we actually bought a church believe it or not and we decided hey we're going to make that church into a house it'll be fun she said (laughs) it wasn't fun don't do it it was constant work Every single day, we're doing more and more work on the house just to make it a house. I mean, it had a his and hers bathrooms. We had to turn the the his bathrooms into the washer and dryer. For the longest time, we had a urinal right next to the washer. It was weird. (laughs) But there was also an extra toilet, too. So you can always close the door if you had to go if someone was using the other bathroom. So that kind of worked out nicely. But we turned a woman's bathroom into we put a shower in there, and we had to get that done. We had to make it an actual house. All the classrooms we had to put closets in. It was weird. My wife and I, we turned the sanctuary into our bedroom. It was like 2,000 square feet. It would get a little chilly at night. It was expensive to heat, we found out real quick. Well, one summertime, uh, Eve and I, we were giving. We weren't giving a full tithe. We were giving the best that we could when we bought the house. We were new at it. And we were broke. We were pouring everything we had into the house, and we were broke. We had family coming into town, and it was hot. It was like August. In Grants Pass, it can get up to 110, 113. It was hot, and our air conditioner went out. We had no way to fix it. The next day, my cousin and his wife and two little babies were coming into town to stay with us for a few days. We were excited to have them. It was the first time they were ever coming and staying in our home. And it was hot. I had mentioned something in a Bible study uh, a few nights prior. And I just asked for prayer. I I didn't ask for money at all. Even I have never asked for money. (laughs) After the Bible study was over, our pastor said, Hey, Daniel, can you guys stay behind? We wanted to talk to you about what was going on at the house. One, he wanted to know why we were broke. You know, we weren't being good stewards with our money. We were spending, 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 and he knew we weren't giving a full tithe. And so he encouraged us to, to bump the tithe, to give. I want to see you guys do it. You can do it. It'll make you pay more attention to what you have going out. And he was right. Living off the 90% of what we had left after giving God His went way further than the 100% we were keeping. But then what he did was crazy. He spontaneously took his checkbook out and wrote a check for us for $175, which we were able to go in cash and pay cash to have our air conditioner fixed before my cousin got there. But what he told me is, yeah, I'm giving spontaneously, but what I'm here to also tell you is, we strategically plan for this. This is above and beyond our tithe. We have an account set up to help other people. We tithe our 10% to the church, but we also have another account to help people spontaneously but he strategically gave. He put it away. He planned for it. But what he also said is, I live below my means. I don't just give spontaneously or strategically. I give sacrificiously. I live below my means so I can give. It meant so much to Eva and I that we got to witness from the guy running the church, what it was supposed to look like. And since that day, my wife and I have given 10%. We weren't always given 10% gross, though. We didn't really think about that. We didn't know that was a thing. Until another church meeting once, another one of my mentors said, hey, do you give on the gross or do you give on the net? And I'm like, net? <laughs> and he goes, nope, you need to give on the gross. I'm not going to tell you But I'm going to tell you, why should God pay your taxes? And it hit me, so I started giving on the gross. And I've never run short. I've never run short still to this day. And we had to work up to it. It started with $20. A month, not a week, not every two weeks, a month. We started giving, we started small, we started planning. We started figuring out, boy, we really need to do this right at the beginning, or we'll never do it. We'll, we will never do it. All I'm getting at is, you guys, there's many of us out there that have three or four vehicles. If you know someone in need, man, bless them. Let them borrow it. Give them a ride. Give it to them. I don't know. Maybe if you see someone homeless sleeping, maybe you can give them a warm place to sleep if it's pouring down rain and you see them out there, go get them a hotel room. Bless them. Why not? Scarcity says, oh, I can't afford it. Abundance says, what do I have? How can I help somebody? I can tell you this church over the years has helped many people have a warm place to sleep as we had given to uh, the local mission. Helping them monthly. Every month we help people have enough food for the month. My wife came down and helped yesterday. Uh, uh, Jerry and Bonnie, thank you guys for everything that you do. Susie, thank you for the every month helping with Manahouse. House. Tom and Joanne and Sharon and Roger. I'm sure I'm missing folks. Please forgive me if I'm, I'm missing you. I know Blake and Cher has helped out occasionally with that. There are so many people. Rick. I know you do. Lenny, I know you do. Every month we bless people with food for the month. This last month we got to bless so many people with turkeys and hams and mashed potatoes and all these wonderful fixings because of the generosity of this church. We give and we have given the chance for kids for the very first time to experience what camp is like. To go off to camp and see that there's more kids out there in the world that are also Christians besides the ones right here in this church. We plant churches. Many of you may not have known that. We, we help an uh, 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 organization called Oregon Christian Evangelical Fellowship go around all of Oregon, helping churches that go from 12, 14, 15 people to thriving new churches again. To where people are giving their lives over to Christ re-establishing those churches in those communities for good instead of within themselves planting new churches in new new areas the one in medford they can't even figure out how to close their doors right now to go down to 25 so many people are coming and want to be a part of something we have one in like I think twin falls idaho we're now helping it's thriving that's in a mormon town It's amazing, and it's all because of the generosity right here at Lighthouse Christian Church. You guys, we had to do something new this year. We had to purchase all new equipment. And now, because of the generosity of this church, we're able to reach hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people from all over the place. We were able to reach someone all the way back in like Montana. Him and his girls drove all the way to Oregon so that we could baptize them in the Pacific Ocean. That would have never happened, but they saw it online. They saw it online. That's cool. Because of the generosity of this church, we are reaching people all over the place. Online worship is real. That's our third worship service. We have one at 9 and 11, not this week, next week, and online. That's real. People are coming to Jesus online. I prefer in-person Many of us do, but there are people at home where they can sit on their couch, in their PJs, and watch a service now with their children. Our church has purchased tires, furniture, blankets, food, shelter, Bibles, clothes, all kinds of things for people in need. I just want to say thank you. As a pastor of this church, it's amazing to know that I pastor a church of people that are so generous that we all know that when we give one dollar and we put it in a pool with everyone else in the church that it's a lot of dollars and it's just one dollar now some people give a dollar and some people give a hundred dollars some people might give a thousand dollars but what happens is when all of those dollars are put in together we can do amazing things spontaneously we can do amazing things as the church strategically We can do amazing things as a church sacrificiously. I've had elders over the years, not just this church, but every church, well, where are we going to get the money for that? The mouths of the fish. The more that we go out and share the gospel with people, the more those people are going to come to Jesus, and the more that we will disciple them to be good stewards, and the more that it will come in as we continuously grow. I'm telling you right now, Clatsop County still has no idea what happened when I got here. Because we will give irrationally, sacrificiously as a church, for this community to watch people come to Jesus. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. It's not about us. It's the power that's within us. It's the Holy Spirit working, changing our hearts, changing our minds. It's not about feelings. Oh, I feel so good in my heart. No, it's about the truth of Scripture, of the Bible, what Jesus tells us. We believe in Him. That's why we do it. So today, I'm just going to go into the offering first. And then we're going to take communion together. I'm going to pray for an offering today. And you're all at home. You're going to have to log in to Lighthouse of hope.org for our church to give online you're going to have to fill out a check and mail it in to P.O. Box 280 warrants in Oregon or you're going to have to download the tithely app and give online it's when you download the tithely app and you're trying to find our church it's the lighthouse christian church the lighthouse christian church i want to encourage you to give I encourage you as the first comes along, January one's coming, plan for a new year to give. Let our church not be a statistic of 20%. Help us to grow and bring in new staff and to continue to grow this church to God's glory, not our own. So let's pray for that offering as it comes in now, as you decide to give today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank You so much. Thank you for giving Eva and I the opportunity to lead the way in sacrificial giving. Lord God, I thank you for all that you provide for this church. I thank you as we see your will done in this community as we grow. Lord God, I thank you for showing us of what is of most importance here. And it's your gospel. It's who you are and not us. Lord, thank you for your offering and your giving and your tithe. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take a quick offer of. Oh, I one last week. <laughs> We're going to take a communion together real quick. we will just make it make it fast. I know many of you at home. You might even be turning it off already. But if you're prepared to take communion with me, I'd love you for you to do it. You know, God died and He gave up His body. He said, "I'm giving my body so that you don't have to give up yours." He planned for it, sacrificiously giving of himself. So this morning, when we take this bread, just say thank you to Jesus. Let it be a great reminder of what he did for us. You know, it's horrific to look at his blood and think, wow, something so horrific is so beautiful. He gave of Himself, and then He uses us. Did you know that? He gives of Himself to clean us, and then He uses our broken selves and says, now I'm going to use you for my glory. But He gives of Himself first, and then says, now I want you to give of yourself so I can use you for my glory. I am not worthy to be used by God for anything. I am sure grateful he chose me to love. So as we take this cup, just say thank you for loving us unconditionally. I thank you, Lighthouse. Can't wait to see you guys in person. God bless. Let's worship one more song.
0: Okay, this last song we're going to do, the guy who wrote it was going through a kind of a hard time in life. Um, he had a couple family members he found out who were uh, diagnosed with cancer. Um, his home was flooded in Houston when they had those um, bad floods, and um, it just seemed like his world was kind of crashing down around him. Um, <clears throat> and he kind of had this, uh, epiphany, if you will, that he was asking God to change his circumstances. Um, and he realized that that's not what he should have been asking for. He wanted, he wanted God to change, you know, change the things around him. But what he really found out was he needs to ask God to change him. Um, you know, God's not always going to change our circumstances. Life isn't always going to be easy. Um, but we can ask God to change us in how we approach the tough times in our life. Um, And I think that's especially relevant now. This whole 2020 seems like a a crazy year. And for a lot of people have been affected a lot worse than others. Um, And it's easy to say, well, that's that's easy for you to say. I mean, you still have a job or whatever it may be, but God's going to take care of you one way or another. Um, My wife and I had a conversation in the car yesterday just about how it, it's, it seems unfair sometimes with how some people, good people, um, have terrible things that happen to them. And it's not God valuing other people's lives more than them. It's looking at it as like, well, you don't know how God's going to use their story. You don't know how God's going to use that situation. It may not be right away, and you may not ever know how He uses it, but it may have affected someone else that you didn't even realize it affected them. Um, so this, this next song just talks about, sometimes it's, it's better to ask God to change us and change our mindset rather than trying to change our circumstances.